Our New Testament lesson today comes from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13. Hear these words that are surely somewhat familiar to you. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away my possessions and hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it too will come to an end, for we know only in part and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love, these three abide, and the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It was a little over a year ago now that my friends Kristen and David were married. It will shock you, I am sure, to know that the reading they selected was the one we just heard, some of our most well-worn, highly regarded words about love. Their ceremony was very small, and it was held in a very small room, and so they asked if a variety of their friends could all share in the reading, if they could each just speak aloud from wherever they happened to be sitting. The idea, they said, is that they would be literally surrounded by these words of love as they began their life together. I thought that was a wonderfully beautiful sentiment, and I told them that what they did not tell me and what they themselves did not know was that those friends had prepared an alternate sort of reading. It included all of the words Paul intended, but it went something like this. Love is patient, except when it's not. Love is kind, but not always. Sometimes even love gets very angry. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude, except when it must be. Love does not insist on its own way. 
Are you kidding me? Have you ever met love? Love is not so good at compromise. It is not irritable or resentful unless it's coming from someone who really has asked you 14 times to pick up your dirty socks. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, it rejoices in the truth, but love usually will tell you when you were wrong and it was right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Endurance is really underrated. Love never ends. Here's the real truth, because sometimes love is a pain in the backside. They used a different word there. Sometimes love is a pain in the backside, but real love keeps showing up. And therein ended the reading. The word of the Lord, more or less. Love is patient, except when it's not. And love is kind, but sometimes love gets really angry. I will tell you I have never laughed so hard during a wedding, but I am tempted to say I've never heard quite so much truth during a wedding either. You see, David and Kristen, at the time of their marriage, they were both in their late 40s, and in their own ways, they had each seen and experienced enough to know that love is not all rainbows and puppy dogs and walks on the beach. They had seen and experienced enough to know that sometimes, maybe more often than we would like it to be the case, we can be disappointed by love. You know what that's like, don't you? I think you do in all sorts of different ways. I think you know. We also know what that is like as a nation. The last time I stood in this pulpit a month ago was in the aftermath of the shooting in El Paso with 22 dead and 24 injured. And today I stand here in the aftermath of the shooting in Odessa with five dead and 21 injured, including a 14-month-old little girl. I imagine that some of you might be thinking right now, really? Even in a sermon on love, we're still talking about guns. But sometimes it seems, it seems, that love just isn't enough to fix everything that has gone so horribly and terribly wrong in our own lives and in our collective life. The words of Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget us forever? I have to tell you, for me, those words are losing the genuine drama they were always intended to carry. And I know good and well that there are many in this world who have voiced this lament in ways deeper and longer than me. I've been thinking about John the Baptist quite a bit these days. John the Baptist, the prophet who heralded the coming of Christ, the long-haired, honey-eating man who kicks off Jesus' recruiting tour, telling everyone to pay attention, for all of his good effort, John is thrown in prison. The Gospel of Matthew tells it this way. 
When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come? Or are we to wait for another? How long, O Lord? Will you forget us forever? His words are some of the saddest in all of scripture, I think. Are you the one we've been waiting for? Are you the one who will save us? Or have we gotten it all wrong? Are you the one or aren't you? Because right now it is really hard to tell. Right now the darkness is so deep I am not sure anymore. Right now, I keep hearing thoughts and prayers, but here I am, still behind bars, still shackled in chains. So tell me honestly, Jesus, are you really the one? My friend Matt is a pastor as well. He told his father that he loved him so much. He was leaving his father at the hospital for acute inpatient psychiatric care. His dad was consumed by clinical depression. Matt says it this way. He says that when the depression descended, his charismatic father disappeared without leaving. As the nurses took his shoelaces and his belt, Matt told his father again that he loved him. And he did, and he thought at the time that surely if his dad could remember just how much he was loved, he wouldn't be so sad anymore. He thought at the time that if his dad could remember just how much he was loved, it could fix this. All of this happened on the day after Matt's 16th birthday. And as he grew older, he says, he learned a lot more about love. He learned something very important about love. He learned that love can't fix depression because clinical depression is not the result of a lack of love. It's the result of a chemical imbalance in the brain. Love couldn't fix his dad because love doesn't have the power to fix everything. I know that it's a beautiful day outside. It's a holiday weekend. And here I am telling you what love can't do. My friend Matt, when he dropped his dad off at the hospital, he learned that love doesn't have the power to fix everything. But here's what else he learned in the midst of all of that, that sometimes it's not the sheer force of love that saves us, but the dogged persistence of love. He says, if hope is the thing with feathers, then love is the thing with armor. It comes with reinforced steel, invisible to all of the chemical imbalances in creation. I hope we are learning this more and more every day, that when the world is gritty, Love sometimes has no choice but to be gritty right back. Love sometimes cannot abide by politeness anymore, but has to resort to screaming and protesting and getting very angry. The Canaanite woman, she can tell you that. 
The love she had for her daughter gave her the strength to insist over and over again to no one less than Jesus himself that he was wrong. Because love sometimes, sometimes has to stomp its feet and get red in the face, and sometimes, oftentimes, love does have to insist on its own way. Because the way we've wandered off on our own is dangerous and deadly. Love sometimes has to put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, not because love is violent, but because love will keep standing despite all of the slings and arrows and principalities and powers that do its best to unseat love at any cost. Love has to dress itself up, not in pearls and sweater sets, not in dresses and tuxedos and wedding best, but in faith and truth and light. And it is possible that that faith and truth and light will be tattered and torn at the end of the day. But that is the attire that assures us that when the sun sets at the end of that day, it will rise again in the morning. Because love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love endures all things. Nowhere in scripture are we told that love will fix all things. But we are told over and over and over again that love can and will endure all things. My friend Matt, he said, even when brain chemistry runs us down, love stays on its feet. Even when we can't see the path before us, love gets through. And someday, when sin and death run out of steam, when guilt and shame have no more worlds to conquer, when all those dark nights converge into one glorious sunrise, on that day, on that precious promised day, love will still be standing. When Jesus sends word back to John the Baptist, still in prison, he tells the disciples, Go, go and tell John what you are seeing. Go and tell him that even now, even when almost all seems lost, even now, when everything feels utterly impossible, the eyes of the blind, they are being opened. The lame, they are walking. The lepers, they are being cleansed. And the poor, they are hearing good news. And sometimes, on some days, the good news that is being heard is that love is patient, except when it's not. And that love is kind, but not always. Sometimes love has to get unbelievably mad. It is true that love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude, except when it must be in order to survive. The good news is that sometimes love does insist on its own way because some things cannot and shall not be compromised. 
The good news is that love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Love rejoices in the truth. And love sure will tell you with a whisper or with a wail the direction that love is pointing. And love will do its darndest to bring you along. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Even the very worst the world has to offer. Even the brokenness of the cross and even the darkness of the tomb. That is the word of the Lord. That is the good news of the gospel. Because the love that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of us all, that love is always doing its best work in the dark. That love endures. The love of God endures all things. That is the love that will keep showing up and keep standing up until all of us are too. Come what may, the love of God endures and will endure all things. And may that give us the strength and the grace and the grit that we might endure as well. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.